0: We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories,
1: and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're honored to have Sue Tidswell as our special guest. Carrie and I had the privilege of working with Sue, and we consider her to be an amazing leader and a friend. Sue Tidswell has spent the past 13 years with some of the world's largest staffing companies, including Manpower Group, Volt, and Ronstad. She appreciates the challenges that both companies and individuals face as they work to navigate the changing world. Her belief is that talent is the fuel that companies need to succeed in a world of innovation. Prior to working in the talent industry, Sue led the global financial printing sector for R.R. Donnelly opening new business and building local teams in Asia, Europe, the Americas, and Australia. Sue is also the author of Practically Brilliant Words of Wisdom in Hiring a High-Performing Sales Force. So Sue, we always like to get started by asking our guests, what show, podcast, book, blog do you go to when you want to push and expand your thinking?
2: Thank you, Kelly. And hello, everyone. Well, as you ladies well know, my go-to book is Good to Great. Uh, Jim Collins is uh, is my hero, my go-to person, and I send most of the people that work for me um, to this book. It's, it's inspirational. It talks about many things in how to be a great leader but also how to think about driving business. Um, I love the flywheel. Um, Jim talks about getting on the flywheel and how you get the flywheel and the momentum going. And once that flywheel starts to spin, you're off and you're going. And I I often go back to uh, to his books um, and to that particular area because if I'm slowing down and I want to speed up or I want to give um, you know my team some some focus, I send them to to Jim Collins and, and Good to Great. Uh, it's it's a timeless book. Some of the companies are no longer there, but but his stories, his inspiration, and his lessons uh, are really there for, there for the long term. So the good to great is my is my book to go to, and you know the other the other podcast. The podcast I listen to mostly in the mornings is. Uh, a lady by the name of Mel Gibbons, uh, Mel Robbins, sorry, Mel Robbins. And if you haven't listened to Mel Robbins, I would encourage you to do so. She tells it as it is. It's not glossy. There's um, there's there's no sugar coating. And she just tells you, get up, do what you want. And she has uh, a five-second rule. And um, I encourage you to listen to it because it's what gets me motivated in the morning when I when I need that that boost to get me going. Um, so those are the 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 two the, the book and the podcasts I, I go to. I also have some others that I would recommend in this, this time of change like Thriving on Chaos. Um, anything that actually can relate to um, to charge where we're going through you know change and and there's so much going on that thriving on chaos is, is another one that, that I do go to in times like we're going through this this past year. So so there you go, ladies. That's my uh, good to great, my book, Mel Robbins, my podcast, and uh, in times of, of need is uh, thriving on chaos. Oh,
0: I love it. Welcome, Sue. It's so great to hear your voice. You know how much I quote you probably on a Monthly basis, some of the great sales uh, terms you've used and the ideas and the concepts, but have a couple follow up before we get to the main question for the Jim Collins book. And yes, I kind of I was like, I wonder if Sue's going to use that one because you you quote it. What if you think back? What was the thing in that book that made that maybe really changed your leadership style? They're like, woof! I'm going to. Kind of stop doing this, or not even stop. But I'm going to start doing this. Like, what's maybe the one thing that really stood out for you and changed your style?
2: I think it's when he talks about level five leadership, and I'm still aspiring to be a level mm. five leader. Mm-hmm. And the, the qualities that make you a level five leader. Um, there are very few people I've come across. Mm-hmm. I can one. Um, he was one of my bosses, Terry travik He, he, you know took to us through good to great and what it what does being a great leader really mean so it's that level level five leadership mm-hmm. that really sticks in in my mind and um and all the things that you need to do to deserve to become a level mm. five leader
0: i love that and i think that that you, it's a great goal and you're always striving for it. So I wonder if those that we even think are level five would consider themselves level five because usually the people who are up there don't think about it and they just do it and they're like, yeah, I'm not really level. I, I got to keep working on it or I got to keep doing it. So it creates this great visual and this goal for where you want to go. So thank you for that. But then I have to ask before, see, I have so, I have so many questions too. Mel Robbins, you said the five-second rule, which I thought, is she talking about dropping your food? Because that's the way I know the five-second rule. You could drop your food on the floor. What is this five-second rule that Mel Robbins talks about?
2: She talks about when you're thinking about something and you hesitate, it takes five seconds, and you just count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and you get your mind back on track because often Ah. we – we really get diverted, but if you want to focus on something, if you want to do something, and she gives a great example of, and if you want to move, she gives a great example of. You know, you wake up in the morning, and the alarm goes off, and you just say another five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you really got to get up because there's a lot you got to do. And if you if you do the five second rule and you go five, four, three, two, one, then you can get out of bed because you're back on track. You're not thinking mm-hmm. I can go back to sleep for five minutes. So. She's one of those people that really helps give you the the tools to keep moving forward and think about things and be tough on yourself.
0: Hmm. I lo- it's a new five second rule. I like that one better than you can eat off the floor. But <laughs> that I think my son has like a five. Probably five hour rule. If it's on the floor, he'll still pick it up. It doesn't really matter. So, but I like, that's a great five second rule. And that's all is, is we are three ladies for sure on this podcast. who are all about action. And I love that it's this podcast about taking this action five second. And that is such a quick thing you could do. It's not a big deal. Count backwards from five seconds, get your brain back on track. Thank you, Sue. Those were great. And uh, thank you for breaking the rule and not giving us one. I don't think, do we even say one, Kelly? I think we say, just tell us.
1: So we don't even have a rule on that one. Right, we don't, we don't, which is- which makes it perfect for people who are rule breakers. We can kind of—it's <laughs> a nice vetting process for right out of the gate. We can see who are the rule breakers and who are those who stick to just one thing.
0: So <laughs> Sue's Sue's like I'm going to tell you everything, and that we could take up an entire 30 minutes on just what people are learning from. But we will move on Sue to, to the big question, which is what is the decision. That you made that changed the trajectory of your life, and which charge qualities did you use to help you make that decision?
2: Yeah. Well, I think I used all the charge ones on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's one in there called stupidity too. But, but, but,
0: um, Charges, we'll add an S to the end. Charges. The, the one that
2: the, the big change to my to my life, and actually to my family's life, was when we when I decided that. Um, we would move to America because, as you can tell from my from my accent, I was not born and raised in New Jersey. This <laughs> accent comes from A
0: very southern part of Jersey. Is your accent so very southern part of Jersey? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this accent's from London. Born and raised, worked worked in the city all my life, and uh, you know, I and I was very fortunate uh, in the right place at the right time. Like. Luck was with me. I had the great um, opportunity to work in Asia, uh, run in Asia from London and Europe. And it was just an an amazing experience at that time in my life, um, being a female in a very male-driven world and being able to be successful and do all the things I was able to do. But then I hit, hit the ceiling and said, where do I go from here? So after a lot of um, thinking and, and thinking about life and where do, where do I go next, uh, it was either to look for something else within within the UK because the company I was with at the time, which was R.R. Donnelly, you know, I was, a, I was a managing director, I was on the board of directors, and I was 32 years old. So when you get to that level, <laughs> yeah. where do you go next? You have right. to really think. Think differently, right? And take a step back. and And I was in sales. I loved sales. Um, sales is what you know me for. But at that time, um, and at that time, we'd grown our Asian business so large that the company asked me to move to Hong Kong. And I said, I don't think I really want to move my young family to Hong Kong. So they said, Well, we have this other opportunity that you might want to consider. It's setting up our digital division in the US. And I said, what type of role is it? And they said, well, it's a project manager working with technology, working with laptops and PCs, and working with our clients. Well, the client thing I could get, the laptops Mm -hmm. and PCs, were a little different because I'd never opened up or used even a, a typewriter in my life. Never, not touch one, now, not-
0: how- right? Okay. That's a whole nother podcast. You got away with not using any of it, not yeah. a typewriter, not anything. So not impressive. Okay. Okay.
2: Just, uh, just my sales capabilities <laughs> and working with people and being that, that people person. Yeah. So I talked to my boss and then I went home to my husband. I said, I have this crazy idea. Uh, the UK was going through a recession at the time. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, we can stay here and work this through. Oh, there's this huge place over the pond called the USA <laughs> that has lots more jobs and lots more opportunities. And why don't we think about taking our two young children and moving across the pond? And um, so when I think about, about charge, I think about courage. Mm-hmm. Did. um resilience and i will tell you when you move from one country to another even though you think you speak the same language mm. you're not mm. um and i mean resilience focus go oriented and humility because i was coming to do something i had never done before mm-hmm. and so um you know that That really did change the trajectory of 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 my life and my family's life. Mm -hmm. And so we sold and and we did something that many other people don't do. We came here on a not on an expat, we came back here we came to the US on a relocation because my view was if I'm gonna make it work, take the safety net away.
0: Oh holy smoke, okay.
2: So we took the safety net away. We sold our home in the UK and we moved to the US. And I will tell you, if I had kept the safety net in place, I would have moved back because the first two years of moving were very, very tough. It's not easy when you're when you're foreign and you're here and you're you're starting a new job mm-hmm. with something you don't know, mm-hmm. and you rely on other other people. So my HR people. Uh, R.R. Donnelly were fantastic. They were amazing people. They they helped me acclimatize. We had many laughs when we tried to translate some of the things I required. Um, just asking people around for help because, to be honest with you, for those first couple of years, um, my my sales skills came in because I was doing that selling internally, working to gain the confidence and the trust of people that that I didn't know before, mm-hmm. and setting up this new digital operation across the US, which we did, it was very successful. And you know, it was it was one of those things. And again, I will tell you, it was all about teamwork mm-hmm. because whether it was in the UK or coming to the US and building a new team, it was about building a new team, building up new relationships. And getting everybody on the bus, going back to my good to great book, Mm -hmm. getting everybody on the bus and going in the same direction, getting the flywheel spinning and and moving us all together with momentum to the goals we were trying to achieve. So I hope that answered your question, Kerry.
0: Oh, my goodness! I, so I have so many more questions, but have to give you a uh, shout out for doing a callback to good to great in the second in the second question. So impressive suited as well. Uh, what? Okay, so take me back. I'm gonna start with the first question. So you tell me about the fa- I always love hearing this story about when you tell your family and when you talk to your husband and how old were your kids of saying, guess what? We're going to move across the pond. Uh, And how did that go? And how was that, those conversations and how excited or maybe not excited was the family?
2: Um, Well, my children were very young. Um, My 10 year old, my son was 10 at the time. And he said, do they play cricket there, mom? (laughs) They play a game that's sort of similar. (laughs) He said, do they play football? I said, well, I do play football, but it's not quite a football. So I said, be an adjustment. Um, and, and by the way, that nice school uniform that you wear every day to school, you won't need to wear that anymore because you can go in jeans and sneakers. Um, so he was rather excited. My five-year-old was a little less, you know, concerned, apart from she got to live in the same land that Mickey Mouse was in.
0: Okay, very cool. Selling points, you were selling it. The new uniform, Mickey Mouse, you were doing a good job selling it. Okay.
2: Selling it. And then there was selling my husband. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it was a tough time in the, U- the U.K. And we'd, we'd actually not long bought a very nice house. But interest rates were 11%. Oh, um, You know, life was just, you know, getting tougher. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was uncertainty is the word okay. I'm looking for. Okay. And so I I really loved the company I was working for, and I trusted them. Um, and at that time, my husband had uh, just started his own business, and I said to him, "So you'd have so many more clients in the US <laughs> than in
1: the UK. You'd have so
2: much more opportunity to give your designs to a much bigger audience and get so much more appreciation." <laughs> and, and by the way we're going for a visit next week.
0: You are.
2: So it was a case of bringing him over getting him to meet the people getting him to see that there was this opportunity and trying something new even though and I again it's getting out of your comfort zone
0: mm-hmm.
2: and doing things that you know are a struggle but the 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 outcomes and the results, if done well and done right, and working together, would be extraordinary for our family.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I I think Sue, your family with your sales skills probably didn't have. I mean, they they didn't have a shot at even convincing you. You were such a good salesperson. You are like baby, look at all the clients you are going to have. They had they had no chance with you, Sue. You they were going they were going with your sales skills. What um, you you mentioned, which I, the, the insight that you had to say, we're not going to have a safety net because it'll be too easy to go back if we did that. And then you said, because we probably would have the first couple of years. Talk about that, how you cultivated that resiliency to stay. It is very difficult moving to a new country. And sometimes when you speak the same language, it it still doesn't feel like you know anything about the country. And sometimes it hurts you more because people assume you speak American English and they assume, you know, all these, uh, slang words and that, that you don't. And so talk about some of that, how you were and the family. So resilient for those couple of years to, to stay.
2: Yeah, it was it, the first couple of years were really tough. And I think it was because I, you know, my husband had to keep going backwards and forwards to the UK to do some work, so he was gone a lot, so I was managing mm. the children by myself a lot, but going backwards and forwards, um, you know, learning learning a new business, learning a new company and getting to know people, but also being responsible for two young children and getting them mm. prioritised, making new friends, meeting new neighbours, um, and then just going through all the things that you do when you when you have to get a green card and uh, mm-hmm. you know your working visas and you have to deal with immigration and and it was and just simple things like we couldn't buy a car because we had no credit history. Mm. So you don't even think about it. But Mm-mm. when you come here, you have no credit history, so you can't get you can't lease the car, you can't get a mortgage. Mm. And all of those things, you know, I could only use an American Express card because I couldn't open up a bank account until I got all this paperwork done. So the first couple of years were really tough and it would have been easier to have gone to just say, you know what, I can just go home. But having taken that safety net away, it meant we had to just keep pushing through. Mm -hmm. And every brick wall we hit or felt it was a brick wall, it was just another hurdle. How do we overcome that hurdle? And I think we, you know, we, we go through that every day in life. Yeah. Um, but it's not giving up. It's just saying, let me take a step back, let me rethink this, and, and find the way around it, or find a friend. You know, yeah. you can't do this alone. You never yep. do anything alone, and you have to yep. find those support groups out there that will help you and keep you grounded, and you know, give you a good kick, good kick to move. Move that next step forward.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing that struck me was you mentioned you use all the qualities, of course, when you move, and I agree with you. I've, I've moved to never permanently to another country, but but been in another country, and it is every sense is heightened, and it it is very stressful. But you said you were thirty two and you hit all this success already. And you were, I'd say, killing it. Thirty-two female, male-dominated. Sue and I also had a history together at our Donnelly. We didn't really know each other, but we still had. We were at the at the company, and it's a male-dominated field. So here you are, and it's thirty-two. And then you take what sounded like maybe, in title-wise, a step down. So you probably were at this at this peak, and then and then you kind of take this. It could be perceived as a step down, and that to me that much humility of, you know what, I don't know, I'm coming from a pretty high place. And now I'm going to take a different role that some could perceive as kind of a, a smaller title. And how did you deal with because that takes a lot of humility to go, No, I don't care what you all think I'm I'm taking this job was there? Did you have to talk to yourself about that? Or kind of what it would mean for your career or what other people
2: said? You know, I really, I really didn't. I think. I really didn't think about it in that way. I just saw it, to be honest with you, as another challenge. I mean, nice. people always gave me the things that were the most difficult. Don't give Sue the easy stuff, and you know this. Yeah. Give Sue yeah. the stuff that's really exactly. Cool. I don't look at I just look at it as another opportunity, another another challenge. Even when I went from R.R. Donnelly to Manpower, it was a completely different company, different industry, different role, and people go, you're going to the staffing industry? I'm going, <laughs> Yeah and people and i said you know if i don't like it i can go back and here i am i love this industry i love the people but at the time it was it was a different challenge and i think it doesn't matter the role it's what's the challenge and if i'm not growing personally and learning personally every day then i'm i don't go to bed of a night feeling that i'm complete with that trying to find that something new
0: that That needs to be on everyone's bulletin board is that don't worry about the title. You know, Sue, we've just worked together. Kelly and I have heard it so much. People get so involved with the titles and they forget it's go for the challenge. So look at you. If you went for the challenge, you said, let's go across the pile. Let's go for the challenge. There would be some that maybe wouldn't have done it because it didn't keep a vice president title or it did, wasn't the next step up as president. And so you've missed that challenge. And if you look at it as a challenge, then you can be very fulfilled and that's fulfilling your purpose and challenging yourself. Thank you, Sue. I really appreciate that. I hope everyone really rewinds, listen to it again. So Speaking of what people can do, what are some of the top actions? You've talked quite, uh, about quite a few actions people could take, but what are some of the top actions that you said, this is what you you need to do and this is how you can help yourself? Recharge your life.
2: Recharge your life. I think it's I, – it's, I firstly say courage because I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, believe in yourself and know you can make a difference and have the courage to do the mm-hmm. things you believe in. And to take that action.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because often I think people, you know, in different roles, they're somewhat nervous. Um, they're comfortable sometimes, right? People mm-hmm. like what they do. They go in every day. They like that way of life. And it's the courage to step out, I'm going to say that, of that comfort zone again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and really, challenge themselves and have the courage to take something on because we can do things I think we just need that that self-confidence mm-hmm. to give it that try and, and the other one I said is so be go-oriented and the two sort of go hand in hand here because if you have a plan and and you want to do something the plan gives you that courage to mm-hmm. take that step right so think about your goals What's the plan to achieve those goals and what steps are you going to take to actually do it? And then have the courage to step forward and take, take, take action. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's the resilience that, to know that, um, yeah, it's, that's, it's, it may be a big step. Even a small step for some people is a big step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But be resilient and know that moving forward and and going the course and keep edging forward is um, is going to give you the things that you aspire to. Mm-hmm. So I think courage, goal, goal orientation, and then and then just resilience to keep going at it. Don't give up on the first on the first hurdle. Yeah,
0: I think what a couple things uh, to 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 uh, respond the the resilience to you said it it just. It's a daily thing. Like you're going back to the podcast you listen to, five, four, three, two, one. That's strengthening your resilience. It's not a, a huge thing. It can be a huge thing like moving to a new country and you have to, but you weren't just resilient one day and then all of it was fine. You were resilient every single day. It's every single day you have to do something resilient and build up that muscle. And the courage part, you said it so beautifully, that comfort zone we get all so comfortable. I do it too. You get comfortable and you need something to shake you out of it. And we've all worked, unfortunately, with people who get laid off from jobs and it's it, let's not talk about COVID, but before that, sometimes it really shook people out of, I've been at the same job for 15 years. I don't really like it, but I'm comfortable. And so that kind of that's the system shakes you out of it. And boy, have I talked to so many people six months later, it looked better, felt better, had a great job because it shook them out of something. That comfort can be, that comfort zone can really be your enemy. But Kelly, what are you, what are your thoughts, Cal?
1: Absolutely. Well, to know you, first of all, Sue, is to know someone who looks at every struggle as an opportunity. Um, and, People did give you, I've seen leaders give you the most difficult assignments, the most difficult tasks, in some cases, the most difficult people. Um, And you and those of us who worked with you were the better for it because we saw you truly demonstrate the things that you just talked about. You were courageous, um, you were goal oriented, you always had a plan, you were a very structured person in the way you approach your work. And so it wasn't surprising that you mentioned goal oriented in your conversation today. Um and being in sales too, you do need to have a plan of attack. You do need to have an a uh, a a way to determine am I be, am I being successful? are the actions that I'm taking, the activities I'm performing helping me achieve the goals that I've set for myself, for my team, for the organization, et cetera. So you've always been such an inspirational leader because you looked at everything as an opportunity um even if it was you know, uh, it came with a, with a gag of obligations that you're like, well, gee, thanks. No one ever asked me if I really wanted this, but okay. But you took it, you took it on and you, you accepted the challenge and you, you always exceeded. So, um, it, again, you're just such an inspirational person to me personally, because I've seen you, um, in your, in your ability to lead, you've let, you asked for people's help as well. So you're never afraid to ask, Kelly, can you help me? I can't be everywhere. So, if you hear something going on in my team, can you let me know? Um, That's a sign of some way too, who really is courageous because you're asking for help. You know, you're asking for that assistance and um, guidance from other people because you realize you can't be everywhere all the time. So, I love your story. I love hearing about um, the inspiration you've brought not only to our listeners today, but also to all the people whose lives you've touched whether they work for you directly or or you just had the opportunity to have a brief conversation with you. Thank you. Absolutely. So if you would like to connect with Sue, feel free to do so on LinkedIn at Sue Tidswell. Um, and she'll be happy to converse with you and connect with you as well. So thank you, Sue, again, for joining our podcast and for sharing your story today. I know that our listeners will be the better for it. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abraci Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.